Welcome to the seventh episode of Hashtag Wolves. We've got a great episode for you guys today. I'm your host, Noah, and I'm here with my co-host, Will, in the Wolves Den. How are we doing? Wolves are trending up, and the NBA is soft as ever when it comes to fights. Yeah, uh, it's definitely hitting the Wolves' belly. He was taking some heat from Aaron Aflalo. I guess he technically dodged some high heat from Aaron Aflalo, but also from the <laughs> Magic Media, so we'll get to that, and some of the Wolves' increased attention, too. You said it. Some of the other things we'll be covering in the podcast today are the Blazers game Sunday, the Magic game Tuesday, the Rockets game Thursday, the Raptors game Saturday, and the Clippers win last night from when we're recording on the road. The Wolves are also third in the West, which ain't bad, and we'll have some all-star reactions based on the news that just broke about the Wolves getting two All-Stars. but we'll, we'll Did table. we break it first? Yeah, you know what? Let's say to our listeners, yes. Don't okay. check Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. We should be the only source of Wolves news anyway. Yes. So I don't see the, if there'd be an issue. Right, so we'll get into all of that, table the reactions for now. Um, but starting with Portland on Sunday, the Wolves got a great win at home. At home against Portland. You do always put verse in our notes, so it's hard to tell. I oh, can't remember. It must be, you know what, I'm consistent as ever, so we're going to go with the Wolves got a win at home against Portland. Great offensive balance from the Timberwolves. We used a really big second quarter, 26 to 10 margin to pull away, which is nice to see because we're still trying to break away from that trend of pulling away in clutch time, so hopefully we can see more of that from the Timberwolves. Statistically, the game was really close if you look up and down the box score. Rebounds, assists, field goal percentage, and three-point percentage were all within a really slim margin between the teams, but the Wolves forced a lot of turnovers and were able to get to the free-throw line, which I think has been a trend throughout the week. Jimmy does a really great job of that. Marcus Georges Hunt had a really good game the other night getting to the line, so definitely encouraging to see especially that paired with keeping Lillard and McCollum to just 21-18. Their, their dynamic one-two punch, I'm not totally sold on Yusuf Nurkic, but the one player that we did let get loose was Pat Connaughton. What's your favorite Pat Connaughton moment? <laughs> I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah, apparently he's been in the league for two to three years, and he was feeling it that <laughs> night. But ultimately, it was a really big win to separate ourselves from the Blazers and the Thunder, who we kind of see in that five to six spot, and we want to separate ourselves, get closer to the Spurs Rockets. As I dreamt about, as I dreamt about the win, you know, yep. as I went to bed, you know, very normal things. I just saw like a Marshawn Lynch stiff arm to the face mask, like where he just kind of runs him over. Like Portland's supposed to be kind of on our heels, and then just sort of get off me. Yeah, sort of a just like send it Timberwolves win. Yeah. Um, I wrote down here that it's what you would call a box score win. So Ooh, maybe I'm glad I have like labels and trademarks. Now. Yeah, exactly. So a box score, a stiff arm win. You know, the whole mm-hmm. team just comes through like Beast Mode would back in the day. Um, six players in double figures and Towns, Butler, and Teague all get over 20. So a really great win from that respect, but not exactly a big momentum win as they carried it over to Orlando. Oh yeah, really just kept the train rolling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go to Orlando. So, you know, at Orlando, ooh, you know, away game. Right, yeah. Um, that's that... kind of the only excuse that I could sort of chalk up in here. I kept, like, swimming for more, but uh, dropped it by six to, I think, what was the second worst team in the NBA at the time. I know that if they would have 
lost, they would have been the worst. But then they, in fact, did not. They are the, they were the worst rebounding team in the NBA at the time of the game and beat us on the boards 51-37 to that night. And there was a very stupid, stupid fight, in my opinion. The NBA has continued its scrappy fights and then a lot of talk on Instagram, Twitter, whatever your favorite social media outlet is, but no real, like, obviously, like, NHL fights have no... They're in a different league than the NBA. No surprise that Belly was right in the center of it. Oh, yeah, say? just with his past aggressive, you know, his past aggression to others. And, yeah, there is a Magic, I don't know if it's still up, but the Magic on their website posted an article sort of defending, in a very biased way, like actual fake news, um, <laughs> about what happened. But I think the real gold from the press conference was Belly's quote. It was that, don't want to play the victim here, that's part of the game, but he took a swing at me and I was just trying to protect myself, first of all, and to calm him down because he was wild. Which I think is very reasonable, that's kind of how everyone feels about when someone's trying to swing at you. Absolutely. As long as you're a reasonable person. And then he hits us with the, I don't know what's wrong with that guy, but at that point I have to protect myself and my family. End quote. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea Belly was such a family man. I don't, I'm gonna go on a limb. I don't think Belly's life was in danger, and I'm gonna say that his wife, and I don't know if he has kids, are they're gonna be okay. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know, maybe some uh, police protection in the next couple of days, but we'll see how this one pans out. Well, I didn't see the swing in real time, and it was it was pretty nasty. A flaw I mean, I saw the 32 back. like Instagram replays. But yes. <laughs> yeah. So it looked like Belly kind of went into self defense mode. Um, I agree. The funny thing to me that that quote is great, but the Alan Horton call, the Wolves radio guy, he does a great job, but he's a homer if I've ever heard one. And mm -hmm. he just called out, oh my god, Aflalo takes a huge swing at Bielitsa. He's got to be gone right now. Well, and like with the radio, you're completely dependent on that person's voice. For watching on TV, you could say, hey, Jim, Pete, like that wasn't exactly the the right take, I think. But mm -hmm. on the radio, it's like, as he calls it, is what you believe. So. Yeah, it's just him. And I think he started blowing some hot air about, like, you know, a 10-game suspension for a flalo, and it just started to s circle around. So I was like, oh, man, I got to get to where I'm going so I can find this video. Yeah, Twitter threads were, like, bidding wars. People were like, 10. Like, you know what? what? Maybe 15. Oh, like, you know what? I got 20. Like, yeah, we can, we can throw any number out here. Like, we could just expel him from the NBA, but that's not going to happen. So d more back to the basketball well, yes. than the actual game itself. The Wolves had won their last five games by an average of 18. So I'm going to have the take of... While this is definitely a really bad loss, I don't think it's that huge in the scheme of things. I would rather say, hey, we're such a good team, how do we lose this game? As opposed to last year, like, hey, this is what the Wolves do. Like, this is our ID. So I, I know, like, a post-game reaction, you're going to be fired up. But at the end of the season, I would bet that not a lot of people are going to be talking about that one Orlando loss. So I'm fine if, like, we wrote these 10 games together and we're what you said seven and three in our last 10 yeah i think last 10 is like one of the best ways to keep things in perspective and not panic because you kind of just take it in a more like high level holistic sense but if i were to freak out i would say that we got comfortable just like butler said after the game we had 10 free throw attempts that game and i think that just shows that we weren't aggressive getting the lane i mean we've talked about in this podcast games where Butler went like 11 for 11 or at least got 12 or 13 free throws up mm -hmm. and so for a whole team to have 10 is a little concerning and it seems like I think that kind of proves that it was just a 
shoot game and not, you know, not an aggressive team. So I think that's one of the signs of laziness or I guess I would more say cockiness. I don't think they went out there and were like trying to be lazy, but I think they thought they could just sort of walk into this game and quick pick, pick this one up, get back on the plane. Yep. Which is not the case. Apathy definitely sets in. I was panicked over here because I thought you were being a big Wolves apologist. Like, you know, every team, every good team loses to bad teams. Don't be satisfied with mediocrity. I mean, that's definitely my main take. I want to be Okay, <laughs> okay. Well, here, let me hit you with a compliment sandwich a little bit, Noah. I love what you just said and all of huh. what you said to back it up. The Wolves cannot be satisfied with mediocrity, and I'm disappointed in you that you would take that stance. I believe in you next time that they have a bad loss. Hit you with a little compliment sandwich there. What is 7-3 in the last 10 games and beating Toronto? Well, so so I was thinking about this game, and then as it, I don't want to jump ahead too far, but then there's a good loss to, or like an expected loss to Houston on Thursday. You can't just throw your hands up and say, oh, the Wolves are good. There won't. But to play in your hand, they lost by 18. Yeah. So even though we had one expected loss and one loss that comes around every once in a while, we want this team to be good and trending upwards. So I, I have high expectations for the Wolves now. Sounds like you're being implicit in saying that I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm just the next guy. I just want you to take a little bit more tough love approach with our Wolves, like Jimmy and I. Jimmy and I are on the same page. You and the rest <laughs> of the, okay. the softies on the team. <laughs> Belly's more worried about not getting punched in the face than maybe pulling down a rebound or hitting a three. <laughs> so I hate to drop that on you, but let's not be satisfied with where the Wolves are at. So I guess you're the man to explain this Houston game then. Yes, that's a great segue there, Noah. Um, so we lost 116-98 to 98 on the road at Houston, and it was just kind of a slow bleed game that I never really felt like we had the horses to take care of it. Um, I'm going to put a caveat out there first. Probably the Rockets' best players shouldn't have been playing after, like, ding-dong-ditch-gate against the Clippers, but... <laughs> They were there, and Harden was on a minutes restriction, so we had a little bit of an opportunity to jump on the Rockets when they were shorthanded. But Chris Paul just killed us. Mm -hmm. um, and down the stretch, uh, it didn't seem like anyone could really stop him. And then Clint Capella threw in 20. Harden, or, uh, CP3 had 19. Harden had 10. But, of course, he, he's been coming back from an injury. And no one from the Wolves really had a good game. Towns had 22. Butler had 23. Wiggins had 16, and Tyus had 13 off the bench. Good to see Tyus at 13. Yeah, I think so too, Wolves apologist. Let's, we, we got the loss. <laughs> Happy that he had a good night. No, so it's, it is good to see Tyus with 13 off the bench. Ultimately, I think this shows that we're not quite ready for that next tier. The Rockets are a really good team, and they shoot so many threes, and we just don't. So it was, it was like night and day, that game. Mm-hmm. I'd say the one shining moment was Cat uh, putting the clamps on Chris Paul in the second quarter. Oh, yeah. That was like, in this day and age of like 10 second videos, that was very much a, a headline making video. Like, see, he's better at defense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will agree that he has been, but I don't think it's, you can't show it all in that 10 seconds. But it's really cool to see. No, yeah, it is cool. It was, if I'm playing like good podcaster, bad podcaster, the, like the good <laughs> cop is saying, like, did you see? that town's 10 seconds like he's he's stuck with CP3. and i slammed the like button as hard as yes oh yeah <laughs> so we're we're both on the same page on that one but an expected loss but one that we had a chance to catch the rockets it wasn't a back-to-back -back. um 
I thought we could have won this game, you know, prior to, but once it was playing, I didn't think we had the momentum. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. I think Capella's has been really impressive for Houston, but obviously on that team, he's not going to get the headlines. Mm-hmm. Harden and Chris Paul, like that's just it's not going to happen. But analytically, and I, and I think yeah, to the media's credit, they he, they've been giving him like credit in like game calls, but not necessarily in your ESPN Snapchat stories. Yes, and the Rockets are really good. They just beat the well. Okay, hot take: the Rockets are really good. They just beat the <laughs> Warriors, so they're. They're knocking on the door. Flying eye. Yes, yeah. exactly. Then we bounce back against yep. Toronto on Saturday. Another good team, but this from the East. I'll continue my apologist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that hat on. And I think this win made up for the last two losses. I know it's a one and two, three game stretch, something that you don't want to like, keep up the rest of the year. But when you got Toronto, Houston, and a you know strong Orlando team. Yes. Um, <laughs> But I'm in the scheme of like seven and three in the last ten, I'm I'm willing to put those other two aside and kind of take this win as the main takeaway for the week. So a one fifteen to one hundred nine win. Big headline was no Jimmy and Wig sort of emerges as I guess you could say the replacement for that game. Also, Towns had two completely different halves. I've never seen someone have zero in the first half and twenty two in the second. It was crazy. I don't know if they had like a. Fox Sports North, like, classic stat where that hasn't happened before, but I'm waiting for it. Um, and then Wiggins with 22 in the first half. And I, I guess my take is that Wiggins maybe needs to be that guy to sort of emerge. I guess you get to pick your shots more, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you get to just hand it off to Jimmy. Especially right. if he's calling for it or just taking it all the yeah, way. Yeah, if he's bringing You're it You're not going to end four. up with the best shots of the game. So I guess you could. that could be some of the cause. But also, I think... Wiggins is probably the type of guy, well, all these guys, but especially Wiggins growing up, who was able to just dominate. So I guess that it feels more familiar when you're the number one guy in the court. So maybe that had a role in sort of him emerging that game. And in the first half, the Raps were shooting 54%, and it just looked like the game was really just going to trend towards a pretty easy win for the Raptors. So it's good to see us sort of fight back, especially with Boz coming with seven points and George's Hunt having career high points in minutes. Honestly, that's really what should be the main takeaway, is that these two guys that we expect close to nothing out of, George's Hunt maybe for his defense, but not points, to sort of emerge and say, we can pick up these wins even when Butler's gone. That's the sign of these top three or four teams in the West. And so for him to have 12 points in 29 minutes is huge. And then as compared to the Orlando game, to go 32 for 42 from the line, as opposed to having 10 free throws in the earlier game, I think that makes all the difference. And, yeah, yeah, like I said, against Orlando, had 10 free throws. So, yeah, it was just good to see Jimmy replaced in a way and not have to worry about him, even though we are one and two huge sample size right. um, with games where we don't have him. Well, yeah, I, I think back to the games where we didn't have Jimmy because that was one of the main talking points going into it. I went to the game, didn't even realize that he was out, and I was like, oh. That's a lot. yeah. Uh, one one starter isn't playing like a ridiculous amount of minutes. Like, oh, who's missing? Oh my God, Jimmy's <laughs> Jimmy's not playing. So, uh, but then George's Hunt stepped up, Shabazz stepped up, still in some frustrating ways. But is our bench good, or can Better it be than good? We thought I'll go for. Mm-hmm. We um, have one solid bench player. The expectations are yeah. so rock bottom. Besides a couple of guys. Yeah, I mean, like Tyus five is a bench good guys that you can put up guys, there at a yeah. time has never been 
something that we thought we would see this year. Right. And obviously this is just one game, but it's against the Raptors and in sort of like a crunch time situation in the second half. So that's what you want to see. Yeah, and I've been super impressed with the Raptors. Obviously, they're having a great season, and they just platoon swap role players. So when it was a really tough first half and Towns was in foul trouble, I was kind of thinking like, oh, this could get ugly, Mm -hmm. especially because I think he tends to get rattled if he gets in foul trouble. Oh, he won't get back on defense sometimes if he's mad at the refs, because he's actually just spending time talking to them. Yep, and then all of a sudden he just turns it on in the second half, and George's Hunt basically closed out the game for us with some clutch free throws. Yeah. It was it was really a fun game to see the Wolves rally without Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Shabazz scored, but you just knew exactly when the ball was going up. So that was, you know, he's still himself out there. Oh, yeah. He didn't, like, restrain himself from any shots that... No. You know, he's... I, I never doubt Shabazz taking the shots that he wants to. Right. I, he thought he was going to score 35 that night. And also, we didn't have Crawford that night either, who I would say, is since Belly's been hurt, has maybe been our second solid bench guy. He's inconsistent, but uh, he was, he'd be the guy I'd bring off the bench second. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. not a really big game from Gorgie, but definitely some wing depth has been something I've been kind of scared about. So, that was... That was good to see. Mm-hmm. Then uh, carrying that forward to the Clippers game, this was a late one last night, which always makes me nervous to wake up to see how my Tim Rolls do last night. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get the W, um, a pretty decisive win, I'd say, not a blowout. Um, Wiggins had 40, which, you know, jumping off that Toronto game, that's obviously a really big game. And Teague had 30, both season highs for those guys. So I'd just say a really solid game from the Wolves. The Clippers seem like they're kind of free-falling at this point. Yep. But and, Austin Rivers needs to be taken seriously. This was something that he said. So, oh, really? Yeah, just just remember that. Austin Rivers said that. Yeah, yeah, yep. He said, everyone keeps like talking me down, but like I keep showing them. I would have made it. I, I don't know. At that point in like your career, like where you're at, I would just let the numbers talk maybe, but... Like, that, I don't think he's give, you know listening to my advice, surprisingly. Yeah, well, was that in a conversation with his dad, like, on the ride <laughs> home after the game? That's kind of all you have to, like, be the easiest person to trash talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the, I don't, I don't want to, like, focus too hard on the Clippers, but they lose Chris Paul but still have a top 15 player in Blake Griffin and, yeah. like, a top 20 player in DeAndre Jordan. And then all of a sudden they start shipping him out for like, we want Carl Anthony Towns. It just seems like mm-hmm. it's kind of over for the Clippers at this point. Yeah, it's it's the same thought that always comes to mind when I watch the Pelicans. And you're like, they have Cousins and Davis. Like, I don't, you, you just before the game you get nervous and then you look at the record and you're kind of like, oh, never mind then. Yep. I, so I don't know what's missing there. I obviously haven't watched a lot of Clippers game this year. But actually, going back to Wiggins, because I think it's just a really important point, mm-hmm. he was 16 for 28 that game, too. This isn't like, this isn't old Wiggins, or the usual Wiggins, yep. where he's going to do it in an efficient manner. He did kind of give us a taste of his old self by going 5 for 8 for eight from the line, but, you know, we'll take that. And then shooting 3 for 7 from 3, which I'll take. So, I think just, I don't know, there must be something about Butler being gone. It's two games, Butler and Crawford being gone, but I think... When he's put in this leadership role, he knows how to handle it. And that does make me much more confident for the future. So to everyone out there who thinks I hate on Wiggins too much, I am able to 
like see these games and really appreciate them. Yeah, I've heard a lot of buzz in NBA Twitter about your takes on Wiggins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's spreading. <laughs> yeah. I think the Wolves definitely will continue to have some growing pains in like distributing the wealth. Like, don't forget we have Jeff Teague too, who can score 30 points in a game if he needs to. So, you know, I'd like to see some more even scoring, but it's good to see Wiggins kind of have one of these throwback games. And speaking of throwback, he had two nasty dunks on Jakob Plotel from the Toronto Raptors. We'll we'll, back to you in the yeah, we'll edit that. We'll edit that. But I've been seeing him like go to the basket and Euro step and do floaters. And it was kind of nice to just see him explode and try to dunk over somebody. Yeah, I will never not be excited about his athleticism or like I, he's always been able to do things like that. It'd be nice to have Levine back for those reasons sometimes. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think the potential's still there. Having a max contract before he shows his potential, I think I'll always be skeptical about, but I'm I'm happier about it. Yeah, we, we want to see that potential start to be satisfied. Um, so that was definitely the takeaway from the Clippers game. Yeah, and, and I think the week, honestly. Yeah, and, and it closed out, I was just going to say, it closed out the week well to see Wiggins playing really, really well. So on that note, Noah, how would you summarize the week of games? I mean, you're not happy about the losses versus Houston and Toronto. Are you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one one might think. Right. I I understand, given (laughs) my takes here. But this is a week where I'm, yeah, I'm happy to go three and two here. Yes. Like 600 over seasons, good. We played a Toronto and a Houston team in that five-game stretch. And Portland. And Portland. So I, yeah, I'm, I would say like a, like a B plus. Yeah. Yeah. Given that an A would be like a five and O week. Um, but yeah, do you want to touch a little bit on the 24-7 and seven versus the West and 7-11 versus the East? Yeah, I mean, I've, I pulled a stat out of nowhere. I think it was, it came up in the Rockets game. Whenever a game's cast on ESPN, you get just some interesting nuggets that I like to kind of pull aside. Mm-hmm. Like anyone, you know, could have figured this out, but oh, who knew? The Wolves are 24-7 and seven against the West, but they're 7-11 and 11 against the East. Which I'm usually like, okay, this stuff will even out, you know, over... If, in fact, we play as good as we do against the West and the East, and I don't think there's really really any reason we shouldn't, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, to be that like that much of a difference between the two is, I don't know, I think you have to start giving some credit to it. Yeah, exactly. And I, th- I don't want to put us on the pedestal of the Warriors, but 24-7 and 7 against the West is the best in-conference record. And I think it's what's been able to keep us ahead of the Spurs when... Just this past week, we were tied in some, or like had the same record. Mm-hmm. I think division or conference record then comes into play. So it's not going to ultimately put us a seed above, I think. But it's it's cool to think we're going to be playing these teams like maybe the Thunder, like the Blazers, and we're playing really, really well. Yeah, I don't know if it's in the Wolves' head, because I don't think the East is... I mean, we have the numbers to prove it. I don't think the East is significantly better, or if they are at all. It's mm-hmm. not really like a hot take. But I think there must be some mental block with something. Maybe they don't know the teams as well. Maybe they don't um, get up for the games. Like we've lost to the the Magic and uh, some other bottom feeder East teams. Indiana turned out to be better than we thought. Maybe just change pace. You don't see the teams as often. Things like right. that. Who knows? But it, it's good. To, I'd rather have it than the other way around, given that the playoffs will be almost all in the West unless we make the finals. Yeah, so and I, we play more teams in the West. So yeah, we'll so take I'm, that sample I'm, size. People like point it out as like a huge flaw, but I'm really really content with it if it keeps up you know if everything keeps up like this right so we'll jot down that we're not panicked 
about <laughs> our, our kind of split between the records there. I had a quick point about the schedule for next week. We do have lots of back-to-backs coming up. Yikes. Um, and we're both rest gurus, so... At um, Portland, at Golden State on the 24th and the 25th, respectively. Yes. That's that's a lot. And then to go into Golden State on the road off a of back-to-back, I would love to see what the betting line is for that. Because yes. they usually incorporate these things pretty heavily. It's not um, a far flight from Portland. I pulled out a map, so... <laughs> Could be could be worse, but yeah, that that one's gonna be a tough stretch. So like we can kind of brace ourselves as Wolves fans for maybe a little bit of a letdown week. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have that coming up, but we have some good news that we need to share. The Wolves, <laughs> as we mentioned earlier, have two All Stars, which I'm just gonna go out there and say that came as a complete shock to me. I th- I thought they deserved two All Stars for a lot of reasons, but. The fact that the Warriors were probably going to get locked in for four and the That's Rockets true. for two, there's just not a whole lot of real estate. I guess I was just going estate. solely off of Butler and Towns' merit, which is obviously there, but at some point there's only enough seats. Mm-hmm. Did Kawhi make it? Because I think that's a big, big factor. Because he would be locked in. He's locked into like MVP conversation if, if he's playing. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, but given the injuries and the rehab and things like that, I don't think so. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either. So the... Starters were voted in by mainly fans, so those came out like last week. Mm-hmm. So Towns and Butler must have a lot of pull with coaches, which I th- isn't too surprising, but just based on the amount of really great players in the West, it was really cool to see that the Wolves are going to scratch out two players and maybe they'll play against each other in the All-Star game. That would, I think that that's the most exciting part, to see like potential players on the same team play against each other, whether it's the Warriors, the Timberwolves. I just think that's... Much more interesting than the previous format. Shout right. out to Adam Silver for always like being like two months behind like these things as opposed to other commissioners. He must read so much Reddit. He yeah. must just be on there all day, every day. I have an idea. Yes. It looks so it looks like Kawhi was not on the All Star team. Okay, that that's not a surprise. And I think But that, Lamarcus Aldrich was and should be. Yep. So it it clears a little bit of space there, I guess. Aldridge kind of swaps his spot, but... Yeah, because that's not something someone expected after his last season and then the disagreements with Pop, but it sounds like they came to an agreement, Mm -hmm. which is So, Noah, quick question, put you on the hot seat. Oh, yeah. When it comes to all-star voting, do you go with current performance or previous merit? Say, you know, you really have to split hairs between, you know, Blake Griffin and someone who might be having a monster year, but is... Not a monster year, but yeah, my my frustration. Like I, I almost avoid all star voting. I love watching the game, but I almost avoid all star voting entirely because I hate how much the process isn't based on merit. But I understand for money and you know filling up seats that you want to have the most popular players in yep. the game on the court. So I get it from a dollars perspective, but it just bugs me that if a guy is like an analytical top fifteen player, there's usually a high chance he can be left out. Um, just because no one really likes efficiency, they like dunks, points, things like that. So I honestly don't really have a take in that regard. But I mean, I guess it's, it's up to the fans, right? It's a vote. It's not my choice. So I guess the, whoever they want on the court, I know it's kind of a non-answer, but I'm I'm just so indifferent to the process, given how differently I would do it. Gotcha. I'm the exact opposite. I don't <laughs> care who's playing well. Give me Yao out there, he AI, and Kobe nicely. Bryant. Yep. Yes. Um, now that you said that, that got me really excited. Now I have to like go play NBA Jam or something. Yeah, ex- exactly. So 
I think, I mean, it's it's huge for the Wolves to have two All-Stars. I don't think they've been getting a ton of attention, but attention's kind of hard to come by in the, in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. So that's really big news. And we're in the third spot in the West, so nothing can stop us now. Is that <laughs> is that kind of the thought process? That is a dangerous thought. But, yeah, I, I'm going to keep going with that, given that, I mean, we're Wolves fans. <laughs> I, I definitely agree. So we'll be tuning into the All-Star game, but that's that's a little ways away. Definitely getting amped now. Wiggins didn't get voted in, did he? There's still spots coming up? or No, no, he did not. So I'm, I'm glad that the fans had the foresight to sort of see that he might have not deserved that. That gotcha. was a little harsher than I planned it, but how many, it's how I feel. How many years are you eligible for the rookie sophomore game? Just keep him rolling in that. that yeah, I, I feel like Towns and Wiggins are still like 100% eligible. For <laughs> Definitely could be true. Levine, too, he got hurt. It's not fair. Yep. So, Noah, on that note. Howl. Howl. As always.